It's the moment you've all been waiting for. The Forum at 8 with Sakina Kamwendo on AM Live. The Forum at 8 with Sakina Kamwendo. Nine minutes after eight. Thank you so much uh, for tuning in. And Luzugo, for you, uh, I see you telling me that uh, you've been waiting patiently for Minister Sisulu uh, since six o'clock. Well, the time is now. Human Settlements Minister Lindiwe Sisulu says that the government is still facing a housing backlog of over two million units. But she says, however, that her department is working hard towards achieving its commitments of delivering 1.5 million housing opportunities by 2019. And then several housing finance institutions are also being consolidated into a bank to support the implementation of catalytic projects and the housing market and the establishment of the Human Settlements Bank, which could be operational as early as January next year, is meant to assist a number of groups, including small developers and low-income groups. And since 1994, the department has delivered 4.3 million houses and subsidies, uh, providing shelter to over 20 million South Africans. So this morning on the Forum at 8, we take a closer look at the Human Settlements Bank and what it offers, and we ask whether this uh, will actually alleviate the current crisis that we are seeing at the moment. We are joined on the line now by Human Settlements uh, Minister Lindiwe Sisulu. Thanks so much for your time this morning, Minister. Thank you very much, and good morning to you and your listeners. Now, Minister, I think it would be prudent, uh, you know, to just to start off by telling us about uh, these latest developments about the Human Settlements Bank and how it will be comprised. Yes. Could, could I start at the beginning? Because if we decontextualize the bank, it would be very difficult for us to understand the bigger picture. Yesterday, we had our budget vote speech, and uh, there were two elements that we wanted, three actually, that we wanted to put across. First was that we, we, from the statistics that are available from Statistics South Africa, from race relations and other institutions that study, um, that make, have surveys on households, we have learned that we have actually achieved 4.3 million houses. And we deliberately relied on statistics from outside of ourselves so that we can show that this is a, an independent, neutral analysis. We're extremely proud of what we have been able to do, and we wanted to celebrate this with our people. Number two, we wanted to say, and we dedicated our speech yesterday, to those people who have not yet benefited, to say to them that if they look at our delivery rate, what we've been able to achieve, and gauge our commitment by that, they will know that we will be uh, at their door very soon to assist them out of their poverty. We're very conscious of the poverty they live in, and that's what we are now aiming to to focus on. Three, we wanted to call on all South Africans, be they big employers, be they the churches, be they individual employers who have a domestic worker or a gardener, to come to the table and help us alleviate the stress on people who live in informal settlements. Each person who has a gardener or a domestic servant should take care to find out where they live and assist them to the extent that it is possible. Some of the processes that are involved may be a little more complicated, and therefore, if they take time, we are certain that uh, in the next three years we will have delivered two million houses, and that would um, get us as close to a six million delivery uh, rate that would be phenomenal, and that's what we are wanting to do. 
Now, when you talk about housing opportunities, what exactly does that entail? We, we've actually changed the term to say subsidy because that is, an, that is a technical term, housing opportunities. So we've simplified it because we get that question quite often. Now, what we offer in, 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 in human settlements is a whole range of subsidy subsidies that uh, are designed for particular uh, segments and particular levels of people. Uh, for instance, we give a fully-fledged uh, house, which is a full subsidy to somebody who is indigent or those categories. We give uh, um, a, a, a subsidy that is to the amount of 50% of the deposit required by the banks uh, for anybody who would be able to get a loan through that means from the banks. We give uh, uh, subsidies to people who are in informal settlements by the supplying of uh, infrastructure, bulk infrastructure, electrification, and all of those things. Uh, we give subsidies when we put people in rented accommodation. Uh, those are highly subsidized by the state, whether they're in social housing or they're in community rental units. We give subsidies for people who live in hostels. So those are various typologies of, of uh, subsidies that we give. And we've been calling them housing opportunities. But we've now decided, let's be simple so that everybody mm. understands the message. These are subsidies, various forms of subsidies that are available to the people of South Africa who qualify uh, that we provide. And, and just coming back to the Human Settlements Development Bank, Minister, yes. uh, uh, what will be the type of solutions that this will offer to the housing sector? Well, we've been running on three banks all along. One is Nurture. Nurture was a joint venture between ourselves and George Soros, uh, where we were targeting emerging contractors to assist them with the necessary funding so that they are able to um, upscale their delivery and um, you know, uh, ensure that they are part of the the sector that is providing housing for us. The second one was um, the Rural Housing Fund. This is a, a bank that loans um, uh, that loans to the rural areas because people in the rural areas prefer to have loans or prefer to build their own houses. They own the land mm. or the land is owned communally and they prefer to build their own houses and they believe they build better. I believe so too. So Ralph... Uh, is, was directed to ensuring that it concentrates on that sector. Then we have the NHFC, which is the National Housing um, Corporation. Um, and this is the bigger, the bigger bank, and it was uh, catering for ensuring that we can provide our contractors, either established or not, with the necessary funding that they require to be able to operate in this space. Over time, we've discovered that actually if we consolidated these banks, we would get more out of that um, than if they operate individually. We would cut down on a whole lot of operational costs. But there will be those sections within the bank that will still deal with the rural areas, that will still deal with emerging contractors, that will still deal with established contractors and whatever else. It's taken us a very long time to get to this point precisely because of the structures of the bank. Number one, the one that we owned with George Soros, he had 50% shares in it, so we had to buy him out of that. And that was a prolonged process. But we've now got to the point where we've concluded all of that, and we have one consolidated bank, 
and we are hoping that very soon we will see the, the, the we'll see the dividends of that bank having consolidated. And the million-dollar question, of course, Minister, is how is this going to be different from how other commercial banks operate? Here's a question from Khumutso, uh, who asks, as long, who says rather, as long as collateral will not be sought, the concept sounds great. The keys um, making it accessible to the Gogo Daminis of this world. So, how will this bank be different? Well, this bank will be geared at ensuring that we can assist. Uh, emerging contractors to ensure that we can assist uh, people who are looking for funding to buy houses in the mortgage uh, uh, space. Um, we've looked at the modalities of how our bank is operating and found that actually they were not operating significantly different from the ordinary bank. So we're changing that. We're changing that to ensure that these banks are geared in their operation to assist those people that really are deserving of the assistance that uh, they will be getting from the state. We would like them to ensure that there are special packages for emerging contractors. We would like to make sure that there are special rates for those people that would like to operate in that space that might be established um, um, contractors. And we're working on the modalities of this. But we are there to ensure that we can help our people. We are not there to make money. That is the essential difference between ourselves and those banks that operate commercially. Now, if, for instance, um, the the, the caller that you're referring to is worried about how they provide collateral, Mm. there are various ways in which we would be looking for collateral. If you're um, a a contractor and you've got stock and you are looking for funding, or rather you would like to build stock, and you're looking for funding from the... Uh, bank, we would like the bank to have the the, the ability to ensure that the, the collateral is provided for by the stock that you will be building, so that we the onus is not on the small contractor to provide collateral or to provide the bank with the kind of guarantees that have been that are demanded by the by the banks. Um, we're working on this. People who run banks. Our banks as well are very concerned about the risk that they take, but we would like to make sure that we can provide them with the necessary guarantee, the banks, so that they can take the risk that is necessary to bring on board all of those people who are deeply um, in debt, for instance, and might not have access to funding from the bank, or those people that actually could emerge from SMMEs to um, established contractors. We are waiting for greater numbers to join uh, the people who are working in our space. Minister Sloney asks, will the Human Settlements Bank look at credit profiles uh, like ITC and Credit Bureau? Um, you know, we have legislation that is actu- that has actually been dealing with the records of the Credit Bureau. Uh, we would want to have a look at the record of that particular person in dealing with finances. This is not only our requirement, it is also the requirement of the CIBD board that uh, deals with the accreditation of people who are in the construction industry. But we're not looking at it with the intention of being punitive. We're looking at it with the intention of seeing how best we can assist individuals who apply for loans in our banks.
And then uh, Getso, uh, Chukolo and Unati all ask the same question. Uh, they're talking about uh, settlements uh, that need to be linked to access to land. And Getso says, some of us just need land to build our houses, but there's no land or it's too expensive. Uh, Chukolo uh, also agrees with that, says uh, not all of us are queuing for RDP houses. We are, why aren't you making land available for people to build their own houses? And Unati says people actually need land to build on themselves, not matchbox houses. So um, what are you doing in that regard? Oh, how can I call my houses matchbox houses? We're <laughs> doing our best. <laughs> but I'm very, I'm very happy to, to hear people say that because that's the message that we've been sending, particularly for the, to those people who are able to, 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 to build, especially the people who are under 40 that it would actually be better for them if we were able to cede land, state land to them, put in the uh, bulk services and make sure that they, can, they have the necessary uh, funding to build their own houses. I'm very excited, and I'd like to say to Nati, we will be having a series of workshops. We're starting with developers. We will be having a, a workshop that will call on all those people who think that it would be a better idea to get land and assist them because... Between wishing to have land and then build and actually ensuring that all the municipal um, requirements are met is, um, you know, we have, to, we have to assist them through that particular process. But yes, that is a very good idea. Uh, we also got that idea from people, uh, from our traditional leaders who said, no, all we want is assistance with building. We don't want RDP or BNT houses. We're looking at that, and we are, we, we, we are going to be doing that. We actually have been running programs that are called PHP, which is People's Housing Pro, uh, Programs. And these programs provide land to people, that provide services to people, and uh, we assist them by giving them an established uh, contractor to assist them with the geo, geotechnical specifications, with the necessary, uh, with the necessary um, engineering skills, and we've been, you know, we've been doing great up to a particular point. We've found that those programs where we've given land and expect people to build have not fared as well as where we build at our own pace and take the necessary responsibility. But if there is an uptake, we're mm. only too happy to, to, to provide that. It would be a huge uh, burden off our shoulders. It would be a huge contribution from people who are able to do that. And thank Unati for that idea. I hope that many other people who are listening will understand that we do have the support for people who would like to do that, build their own houses. Get We actually provide a subsidy for people like that. Mm. And Minister, of course, that support starts with, uh, you know, access to information. And then uh, where do people go? And especially with uh, the Envision Bank. Will there be offices in all nine provinces where people can actually physically report and find out more? Yes. Uh, we, we, we are actually um, uh, linking up with all, first with the metros. We are hoping that we would be linking up also with the municipalities on this matter. We've had a meeting with the metros and asked that each one of them uh, create an office such as we have, I think, on Market Street in Johannesburg, which is a housing con- cons- housing um, customer service center. We would like to have that in all the major cities 
so that people are able to go there and get the necessary information. But over and above that, we are actually ourselves uh, ensuring that we can uh, um, ratchet up our own communications. We've tried various ways, and we are going to continue uh, doing that so that we can communicate the message of how to do what would be in your best interest, how to access uh, a bond, how to do this and how to do that. That's what we're working on now, and uh, we will be on road shows as well. Apart from the workshops, we will be on road shows. We have also brought on board five ambassadors of uh, human settlements whose job it will be to actually respond to these kind of questions, to actually sell the idea that, you know, human settlements is happening and you can help yourself out of poverty or uh, make a breakthrough to the um, uh, private sector, large employers, to say you have a responsibility to ensure that the people who are employed in your space are in decent accommodation. It is part of the value that they get when they transact with the workers. Um, So we're trying various ways uh, of making sure that we can communicate better, communicate uh, uh, more regularly about the how. Mm. And we are here, of course, in uh, you know, as partners in this nation-building project, Minister. So, uh, as a means of disseminating that information, uh, you are most welcome to approach us so that we can put that message out as we are doing right now. Speaking to. Thank you so much. We really do need that resource and that support. Absolutely, because looking at the messages coming through, clearly people are listening. And this is one way of getting in touch with people directly and hearing what their needs are and giving answers to those questions. So it it actually works. Um, We are speaking to Minister of Human Settlements, uh, Lindiwe Sisulu, this morning. So taking your questions and uh, really grateful. They're coming in thick and fast, really pertinent questions. Chris Maxson asks, uh, housing Access and cost of access, transfer duties, etc., are a stranglehold on working people, Minister. What assistance do you provide in this regard? Well, the good thing about having this kind of conversation, and we, we, would avail, we will avail ourselves uh, for this on a regular basis, is that we begin to actually understand uh, what their individual, um, uh, what individuals are experiencing mm. at various uh, points, so that we can unlock that. Because when we make policy, we make policy on a generalized scale, and it might not always work for everybody. Uh, but this, this kind of issue we would be able to look at in a very specific way on an ongoing basis. We also are um, on, uh, um, we have a website where we encourage people to uh, look, look up and uh, perhaps uh, get in touch with us. We are going to be establishing a helpline. Um, to ensure that very specific questions such as this one that you've asked will be, a, will be given the necessary attention that it requires. It's not a generalized question. Mm. It might be a very specific question that uh, we would need to have a look at. All right. 891 in Durban, good morning. Good morning, Sakina. How are you? I'm great, thanks, Vyogazi. I'm fine. Um, Sakina, I just want to say to the minister, we appreciate you there the hard work of you know, that she's doing and her team. We know it's not an easy job, but uh, we appreciate the kindness and the, the tenacity, but above all, the grace that God has given her to accomplish that, such tasks. Such task. Hello? We're listening for your Gazi? Yes. So, no, I just wanted to say that, that you know, we appreciate 
all the strides, all the hard work. It's not an easy portfolio, but um, we see improvement every day, you know, from from RTP houses to now the proposal that people should be given land and, you know, the banks and all of that. It's such a good work that she's doing. We just want to encourage her to keep on, you know, doing the good things. Thank you, Vuyogazi, in Durban, bouquet for minister there. Uh, Vuyo in uh, Guamsanga. Good morning, Vuyo. Oh, it's David. Good morning, David. Oh, it's David. Hi, David. I apologize for christening you there. Uh, welcome. Please continue. Yes, no problem. No, the reason for my call is to just say that, no, we appreciate what the minister is doing and her department. But my point is that, you know, when apartheid was created, there was a reason for that, which was separate, separate development. Now, I see that our government took over where apartheid has left by continuing to build uh, housing in the townships. And there's no, the infrastructure is not okay. But you go to, to most of the towns in South Africa at the current moment, and you find that there are structures that are being deserted. Now, my point is that why doesn't the government, you know, improve those structures so that people can live closer to their workplace, workplace rather than them still having to, turn, to travel from the township to, 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 to their workplace? All right. David, we've noted that question. Thank you so much. Um, and uh, this is one of those issues that we have spoken about previously, but uh, by minister's own admission, perhaps the communication not so great. It's your favorite time of the morning on AM Live. On the forum at 8 this morning, we are speaking to Human Settlements Minister Lindiwe Sisulu. Many questions coming through, so let's not waste any more time, Minister. Uh, before the break, uh, the question uh, that was posed there. Uh, by David. By, um, yes, by David, yes. Minister. Um, David, um, the, the, the David uh, has come to the realization we came to in 2004. What happened is when we took over as a government, we had a huge deficit. Of, of housing. I mean, um, as you know, the urban areas were restricted during apartheid times to only those people who came to sell their labor. And the influx control measures were, were, were put in place to ensure that most of us were restricted to the rural areas. When we came into government, we were faced with a huge, huge problem of people who now were able to suddenly uh, take advantage of their rights and come to town to look for a work. And we needed to build very quickly. And that's what we did. And the mistake that we made then was that in building quickly, we were not uh, as sensitive as we are now to the issues that David has raised. By 2004, we had realized that actually we were uh, replicating apartheid spatial uh, planning Mm. by building in townships. And we put in place a new uh, policy, which we call breaking new ground. Now, breaking new ground intends to ensure that we can reverse apartheid spatial planning so that we can have integrated uh, human settlements where people can work where they live. So we don't have to all live in town. We actually want to encourage uh, industries to come to where people live. What we're doing in, in all our mega projects, which we announced yesterday, there are 46 mega cities that we're building across the country for the next uh, 10 years. These we have learned from the lessons we have in Cosmos City. We build a completely new city 
that includes everybody who is in the area, and uh, we took some from Soweto to live there. Uh, we now have about three malls there and a whole host of industrial activity going on there, providing work for people. But it is also close enough to the main city, which is Johannesburg, where people are able to travel there. We are hoping to very soon put a BRT uh, line to Cosmos City. So what he is talking about is the nub of what we call breaking new ground, reversing apartheid spatial planning to make sure that People live within all, within uh, walking, within a um, manageable distance of all the amenities that are available to people who dwell in cities, making sure that we can revitalize uh, derelict buildings in the inner city and make them available for people who might rent those apartments or rent in, in order finally to buy them or um, perhaps uh, whatever other possibilities there are. So all the matters that he is talking about are in our policy. We've just released our draft white paper for people to see what we're doing. But everything that he captures is exactly how we would like to see South Africa progressing in the human settlements area. All right. We continue to take your calls. 891 Gugu in Pretoria. Good morning. Uh, good morning, Sakin, and thank you uh, for taking my call. Good morning to the minister. Good morning, Gugu. Minister, you know... Sometimes as South Africans, we, we don't appreciate what government does for the people of this country. Equally, we can't underestimate the evils of apartheid. We used to be 16 people in one house, four-roomed house. We drove with some of my colleagues, uh, minister to Northern Natal. In fact, we wanted to write a letter to the ministry to say, Minister, you're doing a good job in the department. We saw how people have been given houses in the area of Glencoe, in the area of Dundee. We're so humbled because we live in cities and we don't see what is happening in in other rural areas. Mm -hmm. But, Minister, keep up the good work. The only thing that I'm going to ask the Minister is to tighten up the issues of of fraud because some of the people, they still continue to complain about uh, they've been on the list for quite uh, some time and, and then suddenly there are people that come from other parts of the country who then get the houses, and it's a mystery how they do that. But, Minister, you're doing a fantastic job. I don't care who says what. We've seen it. We we go to those rural places, and we see what your department is doing. Keep it up, Minister. Thank you. Thank you very much, Gugu. Thank you so much, Gugu. Minister, before you answer, let me throw in a few more um, that are somewhat along the same uh, uh, trajectory as uh, Gugu's question there. Moiketi says, what is the minister going to do about poorly built RDP houses that are falling apart in less than 10 years? Atspiwo says, ask the minister, what happened to uh, the uh, acclaimed 4.2 billion rand shoddy housing probe did she collapse it or is work still being done on that so uh, minister i just wanted to add that to gugu's question okay uh, thank you very much gugu um you know e- e- even as we um providing more housing opportunities for our people we still do have an administration and unfortunately our administration uh, does have uh, its its problems and the um, the, the housing list, which is what we call the beneficiary list, has been caught up in a whole lot of uh, unfortunate uh, circumstances. We've taken a decision now to remove the granting of um, or allocation of beneficiaries to houses away from municipalities, and we're centralizing it in the National Department in Pretoria. 
to ensure that it is uh, transparent and uh, it is a credible um, uh, beneficiary list. Because at municipal level, the municipalities do not have the kind of capacity to actually do what they are required to do, which is get the beneficiary list and make sure that the beneficiaries are followed through in line with the uh, with the with, with what is available on the beneficiary list. They don't. They simply don't have that capacity, and this results in perceptions of fraud in some cases. And in some cases, it really is fraud. Mm. But whichever way it is, we've decided that we're going to delink municipalities from uh, the responsibility of providing beneficiaries with houses. We also had a we also inherited a problem where the developer himself uh, uh, allocates houses to beneficiaries. Now, a developer is meant to develop houses, build houses, and leave. When he is saddled with the responsibility of finding beneficiaries to put in the houses, the easiest thing for him to do is after he's finished the, the, the project, he wants to leave. The longer he stays, the more he is required to spend on that project. So he would take the necessary shortcuts, get as many people as he can into those houses, sign off, get his money from the municipality and leave. So it, ha- leave. So it has been open to a lot of fraud and corruption, and that is why we've taken this uh, decision now to have it centrally uh, based and it will operate in the same way as Human Settlements does, in the same way as any other uh, program, uh, any other department that deals with individuals and society will operate. Well, when okay. will that uh, be effective, or is it already well, it's, being it's done? Taken, it's taken some time. Number one, we had to clear the beneficiary list because some people actually benefit in other provinces. There's a great deal of mobility. So we had to clean up the beneficiary list. Some have died. Some were found duplication. Some were found fraud where a family will register every member of the family in the waiting list, which means that you know they would be hoping to benefit for that number of, of members of the family. So we've had to clean up the beneficiary list. It is now clean. It's taken us some time. We've now taken a policy decision that it will be, the beneficiary list will be centrally based. We're working on the on the um, on, on on the systems that will carry this and make sure that it is a solid, uh, credible way of allocating uh, beneficiaries. We also want to protect uh, uh, councillors because when things go wrong, they are the first to be attacked, and sometimes they really have nothing to do with this. So for various reasons, this is something that we have been concerned with. This is something that we are working on, Google. And the next time you have me on the line, I will be able to tell you how far we are in those far-off places uh, mm. that you've been talking about. We, and thank you for calling in. Thank you very much for the comments. Getting, what are we doing about poorly built houses? We, we're delineating between the houses that were built before we had established the institution that is responsible for the quality of houses that we built. Uh, those houses that were built before this institution, which is the NHBRC, uh, was established. The, res- the state has a responsibility, or this institution has a responsibility, to ensure that the people who were contracted to build those houses are called back to repair those shoddy houses. And anybody else who has built a shoddy house beyond the period where the NHBRC has been established has a responsibility 
when the house has been reported to have uh, defects, to ensure that that house is is rectified. But we've decided that we as we as government, we as a state, I mean, as a department, will no longer be rectifying any houses because the amount of money we're spending on rectification, we believe there's a racket out there and we believe that uh, we're spending more money building, rebuilding houses that we're shortly to build. So we're calling back the, contract, the, the, the industry to ensure that they can uh, fix their houses. And that project that he, uh, Mugeti is talking about is still ongoing it is um, in, in, in uh, it is being attended to by the NHBRC, and very soon they'll probably be online, like I am online now, explaining to people what they're doing about this matter and what they have found in the audits that they have been conducting. Have you found that to be successful, though, Minister, in asking those developers to go back and basically fix the mess? Yes, because they. State developers, they're dependent on the state to provide them with the work opportunities. So um, those that we have dealt with have been very willing to go back and, 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 and clear the mess. The unfortunate situation we find is that some of the people who built those houses might no longer be operating in the space, either because it has become too costly for them or they have not uh, been able to make a breakthrough and their companies have failed and they've closed shop those then become the responsibility of the NHBRC to see to that they are rectified or remedy, provide whatever remedy. We're trying to get far away from the word rectification because it has become such a much politicized uh, word. We're remedying the situation and we have remedial uh, um, uh, responsibilities that reside in the NHBRC and they are attending to that. All right, uh, quite a few questions coming through about affordability. There's about title deeds. Mpomukwena wants to know, what about the old council-owned houses from the old Boputatswana government? What can, when can people get their title deeds, Minister? We've been having a problem with title deeds, and we've now assigned one of our agencies to assist us get out of this problem. When we started building houses, we wanted to provide shelter. And some of these things, like title deeds, were not at the forefront of our um, mind. And now we realize the difficulty we are experiencing, and we will be on a roadshow explaining to people uh, what is possible to ensure that we can deal with the issue of title deeds. In the old, in the old areas that we have given houses to, we are unable to trace the original owner, either because the original owner has passed on and we are unable to verify that the person who occupies a particular place is the rightful owner. And, of course, this is fraught with family dynamics. If I'm in a home and my mother has a title deed and she passes on, who does the, title, who does the house belong to? And so it goes into the, the inner workings of a family life, which is a, a space that government is not really good at handling. Uh, we have made uh, we we have a joint venture with the Black uh, Conveyancers uh, Association to assist us uh, with this. Our estate agency board is assisting us with this, and we are behind in giving out title deeds. But we, in the last two years, we've given out a hundred thousand title deeds because the value of the house or any property is vested in a title deed. It's a matter we are attending to, and uh, we are keeping our eyes on making sure that those um, those uh, targets that we have set are met. 
the old council houses in Buputatwana, I don't have an answer right now. I will um, I will look, uh, look at the matter. And at the end of this program, I'm hoping that you will be able to give uh, the people who've called in our helpline so they can call in, and by that time we would have found out whether those houses, have, those council flats have been given out. Our intention was whatever we inherited from the apartheid state in the form of council houses, we have given to the people who live in those houses. Well, moving straight along, let's go to, is it Langsburg? Good morning, Elias. How are you, madam? Well, thanks. How are you? Yes, I just want to ask Minister there, uh, what, uh, last year, if I'm not mistaken, or it's two years ago, she made a statement that she tried to put the old people to the RDPs for, from 40 upwards. But now it seems like that thing doesn't happen. Because there in Cape Town, in Garden City, there's old people there, what, 60, 70 years, they are still staying in the city, staying in the shack. And when you go there to the new beginning, to, 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 to the developer there, you find there the small young ladies, maybe 20, 30 years, they are staying in the, they are living in the RDPs. Again, what the minister can do to those who rent out the RDP to Somalian uh, resident or or anybody uh, as long as you do a uh, business like a uh, saloon or shop or whatever it may be. Okay, got you there, Elias. Uh, Minister, let's just take a few and then I'll give you an opportunity okay. to respond. Lusanda is calling from Mtata. Good morning, Lusanda. Good morning, colleagues. I've got uh, two questions only to the minister. Hello, minister. Hello, Lusanda. Yes, what is your, your strategy minister towards the small town based in the Eastern Cape? For instance, we've got small town here that needs houses about Solo Town, about Batawet, about Kombo. Those areas, there's still lack of houses. Also, what is your strategy in terms of taking the corruption? For instance, I'm traveling throughout the Eastern Cape at Batawet, at Aitutia. There is houses that were built there by human settlement. According to the plan, they were supposed to be those houses to have national system, but when you go on the ground, it's a barrier system. You go to the combo again, the houses there are supposed to have the flashing system, but when you go on the ground, it's a barrier system. You go to Solo, you go to Maclea, how are you going to tackle the corruption? In fact, they started to tackle the corruption. Thank you so much, Lusanda. Titus in Bloemfontein. Uh, thank you, Katina. Uh, good morning to the minister as well. Uh, I'm also happy with the endeavor, uh, uh, and you know, one asked why did it take us so long to realize that. You'd know that now evidence bound that previously disadvantaged, disadvantaged communities are taking advantage, took advantage of the situation that the previously disadvantaged would seek houses and try to prevent, uh, you know, us from going into towns by inflating prices of housing. And uh, obviously, because of, you know, like the democratic uh, uh, government processes, there were no checks and balances of preventing, mm-hmm. of preventing such a situation. Now, banks also are assisting the, in, the, in this regard, in the sense that, uh, the, you know, like when they evaluate properties, they only look after their interest, whereby if, a, 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 you know, a, their debtor defaults, they can be able to, to sell the property without actually checking the costing of, checking of these of these houses. Same with the estate agents who try to make profit in this regard, in this regard when they, when they up uh, the prices of housing so as they get more commission. 
Now, mm. with the bank that is coming, that is coming from human settlement, I think uh, let us go back and prevent the collision and price fixing by uh, by the contractors and the estate agents, and then uh, putting some controls to say, look, we have costed, we have costed uh, the houses, and they should be in this range. And uh, also, uh, whereby we also prevent situ- uh, situations where, whereby people are paying exorbitant prices for small house for small houses. Mm-hmm. And if you can recall now, you know, like uh, houses that are being built for, for, for you know, for, for us in the areas that we are trying to bring, for people to, as we are trying to bring them closer to towns, are much, much, much more smaller than, you know, what you compare to what was bought. Although I want to appreciate the fact that now, like, prices of houses must have gone up, prices of goods have gone up, but they are way too small. In fact, if you can come, if you can visit some of the areas whereby these contractors are building, and you look at how much, how much people, our people are paying, Minister, you try tears. All right, thanks so much, Titus. Uh, John, you're in Mayerton. Uh, yes, Sakina, I'm fine, and let me just commend the minister and her department. They are doing excellent job. But my comment or question will be: What happened to the uh, owners of the small agricultural holdings? You find that these people, they have bought this land because they want to go into agricultural activities, and they are not doing that much profit from the from the, from those uh, agricultural activities. But also, you find that they do not have a formal structural housing that they, they are dwelling in. So, can the department intervene in such uh, 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 cases? Okay, interesting question. Thanks, John. We're going to go to a spot break. When we come back, the minister will tackle those questions. The Forum at 8 with Sakina Kamwendo on AM Live, turning the spotlight on the big issues and the people behind them. Thanks for tuning into the Forum at 8 this morning, speaking to Minister of Human Settlements, Lindiwe Sisulu. Minister, I must just point out to you that many people uh, from the messages we are getting are not convinced about the issue of um, the developers of the previous RDP houses coming back and fixing them. Um, nobody thus far is happy with that, saying that those people don't come back and they would have liked to see more from the department in yeah. terms of recuperating the funds, rather. Yeah. Okay, let me start with that one, and then I'll go back to the previous questions. Yes, I can quite, I can understand um, the the skepticism of our people. Unfortunately, we learn with time. Uh, we had never governed before, and we were faced with a huge, huge backlog of people who had not been given houses after apartheid. And we, our intention was to deal with numbers. At that point, quality was not at the forefront of our mind, and we assumed that everybody was in the space of building houses was an honest, um, qualified builder. We learned with time that that was not the case. But the NHBRC is attending to those specific uh, uh, issues where we cannot find the developer or the, the construction uh, company that built those houses. They have that within their program, and they will be attending to it. Before we ha- hang up, uh, before you hang up on me, <laughs> I will have given the numbers of our call center and uh, the center where I would like Elias to, 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 uh, to call to. Elias is complaining about the fact that in Cape Town, that which was announced by myself as a policy that we are prioritizing the indigent and the elderly because a whole lot of our people, our elderly people and indigent people and people who have, who have vulnerabilities, child-headed households, are still living in shacks. And this is not part of the humanity we were brought up uh, uh, with. We, we are a very empathetic people, South Africans, and we need to actually understand that there are people who need more than ourselves. 
the 30-year-olds that have been given access to to houses or 20-year-olds, uh, he quotes the city of Cape Town. In the past, the beneficiary list was in the municipality, in the hands of the municipality. That is why we've taken it over, so we can centralize it and we can justify every allocation that we make in terms of their need, in terms of the quali- uh, qualifications of uh, what is uh, required of us uh, to, to support the poor and all of those things. So in, in future, Elias, this will not happen. But if you suspect fraud, we will give you a number to call into to raise your concerns and we will follow up that case and we will come back to you and give you an answer. Uh, we do, unfortunately, because we run so many um, projects throughout our municipalities, we do have a problem of fraud, we do have a, cor- a problem of mm. corruption, because it is just one of those things where people are so desperate they are willing to pay to get uh, what otherwise would have been a right. I'm loath to do not. this, Minister, but I'm going to push you for short, sharp answers now. On, on, on the issue of uh, renting out houses, RDP houses. Uh, okay, on the issue of renting out houses, that is illegal. Absolutely illegal. We give houses because people need houses. They are not allowed to rent out houses. What they can do is after living in the house for eight years and they find that they are economically viable, they can buy, they can sell that house to the state. We are appealing to all our people. We give you these houses because they are an asset, because you need that shelter. They give you the necessary dignity. Please do not rent it out. Please do not buy it without coming first to us. And then uh, corruption, uh, corruption in the system with regard to developers. Lusanda talking about the bucket system still being in place, and 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 there was a commitment. Um, I think it was part of our goals that were set that by 2014 the bucket system would be eradicated completely. Yes, uh, we, that that was our target. That was our goal. Unfortunately, we were not able to achieve that. Some of the areas have got um, uh, geo technical problems that we are unable to uh, cut through. And um, uh, Butterworth might not be one of them, but a good example is the free state. I don't know what the exact problem is in Butterworth, but I will ask my people to check on this matter, and I will ask Lusanda to phone in on the numbers that we are giving right now, if you'll allow me. Our call center number for any who has a pen and is interested is 0800 Six, eight, sorry, double six. No, let me start again. Oh, eight, double zero. Yes. One, four, six, eight, seven, three. Oh, eight, double zero. One, four, six, eight, seven, three. And, and our fraud and our fraud center is oh, eight, double zero. Mm-hmm. Seven, zero, one, seven, zero, one. That's an easier one. Oh, eight, double zero. Seven, zero, one. And when you call in on these numbers, you'll be amazed at the courtesy you will receive and the promptness with which we will respond to your concerns. And and, and, and we'll put those on our social media platforms as well. Thank you very much. Uh, But I just want that last question to squeeze in here, Minister, from Titus about the banks, the bonds, and how the gap market is going to benefit overall from this. Titus was talking about the agricultural villages. Now, you're thinking in your question, which is a very good one. <laughs> <laughs> no, agri- uh, um, uh, uh, John was talking about the agricultural land. And I'll tell you yes. what, John, I'll get an answer from Minister and I'll give you the answer tomorrow morning on the show. But perhaps Minister can just quickly give us the well, one on, on the on, banks. On the agric- agricultural um, mm-hmm. uh, land, 
Uh, we have a joint venture with uh, the Minister of Rural Development, and we are investing in, the, in what is called agri-villages, so that people who work on the farms and people who actually want to have uh, pursue business in, in the agricultural sector have a residential uh, environment that has all the facilities that we have in the towns. So we are working on that, and Minister Mkwinti would be in a better position to explain that in detail. But you're talking about the gap market. Mm-hmm. We've now decided that we are going to be the first to provide um, employer assistance by making sure that all government employees who are in the gap market are provided with the support to get houses. We are calling on all employers to do the same thing, and we will be calling a conference to make sure that we can explain to them how this is done. Because we believe that if we are in this together, we will be able to beat this. But we are attending Perfect. to the gap market. We are providing the necessary resources. We are the guarantors in terms of the public servant to the banks to say that the money that they lend to our people to buy property will be paid back through their salary. And those not in public service? This is what we want the, the, the large employers to do. We want oh, okay. to rope them in. They have a responsibility. The social conditions of the people and where they live is their responsibility. Minister, let me cut you off because you and I are not going to stop and we no, are we running not, way thank over. You so much for but the thank you so much for the time. Um, okay, that so was uh, Minister of Human Settlements, Lindiwe Sisulu, and I'm going to leave it right there. We'll try and answer most of those questions. Uh, we're going to news now with Kumbuzile Tabete. It's the moment you've all been waiting for. The Forum at 8 with Sakina Kamwendo on AM Live. The Forum at 8 with Sakina Kamwendo.